we have to remember we're our own worst critics. So whatever voices are happening in your head, again, they don't represent the truth. Um, and not that we should care what other people think, but just in terms of a reality check, it's not what other people are thinking. Um, every, you know, every person deserves to be respected and appreciated and your body is not what people are respecting and appreciating about you. It's your kindness, it's your intelligence, it's uh, those thoughts or ideas that you're bringing to the table. Hey, welcome back to Normalize the Conversation. Today, I'm here with Samantha Cassidy, registered dietitian and wellness expert. Samantha is the co-author of Sugar Shock and a columnist for the Today Show and NBC News Better. Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you really? Thank you for having me. I'm actually doing really well. Thank you. Of course. So, one thing that I really admire about you is as a dietitian, you help your clients overcome a restrictive diet culture that has been engraved into our minds at such a young age and by using a mindset shift approach. So can you tell me more about this approach and why it's so important towards your work? Yeah, so I think I don't even think about it as diet culture. I just think about it as culture in general. We don't see diverse body sizes. We don't see people age in the way that is, you know, natural. Um, and so it really is sort of like uh, is the filter through which we have sort of um, grown up to see. We, we really don't see ourselves in our most natural way represented or reflected back to us. And so this can create a lot of body dissatisfaction, um, dissatisfaction with the way we age or the way we look or changes our bodies naturally go through over time. And so I think sometimes there's some inner work to be done on um, having more appreciation and respect for our bodies and remembering and recognizing that these things are natural and normal and do occur. And so sometimes it's um, the mindset shifts are around sort of um, body neutrality, affirmations, I think are really, really helpful. Um, you know, things that are approachable, like I, I think sometimes getting all the way to body positivity and loving every inch of your body is overwhelming for people at the start. So coming to a more neutral zone and, um, thinking about ways to approach it that feel authentic to you are helpful. I absolutely love that. I think a lot of times we overwhelm people and it's so hard when it comes to body positivity and to love your body. When we live in a world where, like you said, we don't see how people age. We don't get to see how people are age naturally. We don't get to see how people really look because there's all this lighting and editing that makes things look a lot different than they do in person. So we start to feel really bad about ourselves, especially with seeing it on social media all the time. And it's, and I think also during the pandemic, um, the move to video meetings, you were staring back at yourself all day long in a way that you weren't before. So you don't really get a break from it. And it reminds me of a conversation I had with a dermatologist once 
who said she does not keep mirrors in her office. And she told me that because she has access to so many tools to tinker, um, she felt like it would be damaging to her own well-being to be in front of a mirror all day long or be passing mirrors because it would maybe um, inspire the urge to play with her looks more than maybe was necessary. Wow. I love that so much because the more we look at ourselves, the more we start to have these intrusive thoughts about what is wrong with us and we're looking for um, flaws. It's something that just happens within our minds that we're constantly looking for that negative little voice in our heads that's telling us what's wrong with us all of the time. So what are some examples of specific mindset changes that you think are really important? Well, for one thing, I think it's really important to remember that thoughts are just thoughts. They don't represent the truth. And so we have the power to shift our thoughts and be grounded in a more accurate reality. Um, And so sometimes just challenging that thought and just saying, you know, is that true? Um, Is helpful. I think uh, I recommend to clients to practice sometimes affirmations, like when you're brushing your teeth. So you might be in front of a mirror or you might be maybe putting on makeup or something, getting ready for your day um, in some way. And because I think sometimes actually looking in the mirror and reflecting back at yourself while you're saying the affirmations can help you remember that that thing that you're saying is true. So for example, um, I like taking care of myself. Most people would agree that's true. And it's a really approachable way to um, start to shift your mindset. Or my body takes me on my adventures. Most people would look back in the mirror and be like, yes, it does. Um, Or my body is a vessel for qualities like kindness and thoughtfulness and my intelligence. And when you start to approach your body in that way um, with these types of affirmations, it can shift the way that you think about it and help release some of that time and energy that we spend with those negative thoughts and just even thinking about it in general. The idea isn't that we are going to start thinking about it all the time and think, oh my gosh, my body is awesome. I love every speck of it. It's that we don't pay attention to it that much. It is neither, you know, here nor there. It's, it's a fact of life. We pay attention to other things. That is so true. If we didn't focus so much on our body and what we look like, it would really help improve our mental health. And these affirmations are an amazing way to help us relieve a lot of that anxiety that we have towards what others perceive us to be. And a lot of times people don't perceive us to be the same way we perceive ourselves to be. I think that's exactly right. So we have to remember we're our own worst critics. So whatever voices are happening in your head, again, they don't represent the truth. Um, And not that we should care what other people think, but just in terms of a reality check, it's not what other people are thinking. Um, Every, you know, 
every person deserves to be respected and appreciated and your body is not what people are respecting and appreciating about you. It's your kindness, it's your intelligence, it's uh, those thoughts or ideas that you're bringing to the table. You know, that's what people are respecting about you. But so often I hear people saying they feel like they're being sized up. Um, and I think, you know, we have done a poor job in our society and um, sort of have allowed body comments and food comments to go unchecked. And so I think it is up to all of us to check ourselves and to not comment on our bodies or other people's bodies. Um, you know, I think that's how we get to a, a better shift in our culture. That is so true. It's so important that we stop focusing so much on what other people are thinking about us but also stop focusing on what we're thinking about ourselves. And I think that this body shaming and weight shaming has really led to this culture of exercise as a punishment. And that can affect kind of your overall balanced wellness because you're not doing it for the actual benefits that come with it. That's exactly right. So exercise is not meant to be torture. It should not feel punitive it should feel enjoyable. And so if you are somebody who likes to get really sweaty and participate in something super intense, then by all means do that. But if you are not somebody who likes that type of workout, that's okay too. Stretching, yoga, Pilates, walking, Tai Chi, they all have benefits. And I think we get caught up in this idea of exercising to burn calories, exercising to manipulate our bodies. And it really does a disservice to exercise because exercise can actually be enjoyable. And when you put this punitive lens on it, um, you know, you're not going to want to continue to do it. You're not going to continue to get those benefits and it, you're not doing it for the love of it. And so you might pick different activities if you were just doing it for the love of it. Exactly. And I think the kind of like holidays and New Year's time is when a lot of people get that I need to exercise, I need to lose weight, I need to burn these calories. And it creates this cycle of not feeling confident in yourself because you're constantly looking at it's like next year, I'm going to be a different person, I'm going to be thinner. And as if we're a different person because of our body weight and size. So how do you think that nutrition and overall balanced diet can affect your mental health? So I think for one thing, um, focusing on health behaviors, it's really important to focus on the process of what you're doing versus the outcome. So, so often people enter into um, a nutrition plan or decide to change the way they eat because they have a outcome goal in mind. I want to lose X amount of weight. I want to fit into XX size. I want to gain XX weight or some muscle, or I want to go off my medication. These are things that we have less control over than we think. And so I always suggest removing any outcome goals and the goal itself is the process. I want to eat more vegetables. I want to eat vegetables with lunch every day, or I will replace three snacks with fruit, or 
you know, getting specific with your goals so that you can um, improve your health, whatever that is. Nutrition and mental health are so deeply connected because the foods that we eat really do have an influence. And we've seen this in studies that when you're eating more fruits and vegetables, um, it is people have a lot more uh, positive feelings, things like curiosity, creativity, happiness. When you're eating fewer of these foods, you have less of those feelings and your moods can fluctuate based on different days. Water is another example of something that can really have an influence on your mood. Added sugars, eating too much of them can have an influence on your mood. Very um, connected with mood uh, disorders like anxiety and depression. So by nourishing ourselves and thinking about it in a respectful and considerate way and how we want to take care of our bodies um, can really have an impact. The mind-body connection is so important and it's not something that's talked about often. A lot of people don't realize what they put on their bodies, around their bodies, in their bodies is going to affect them in many ways, not just physically, but also mentally. So if someone's spent a lot of time throughout their lives, not paying attention to how they're eating and not focusing on a um, a balanced diet and overall wellness, and they kind of just eat a lot of high processed foods and sugary foods, what advice would you give to them to help them start to make that shift? Because I imagine that's a really hard shift to make. Absolutely. And so um, for one thing, I would say start small. So I think there's this tendency and I understand it completely. There's, you know, you get to a point where you're feeling vulnerable and you're not feeling happy with how you feel or potentially, you know, how confident you feel in your own skin. And so these sort of like overhaul or quick fix, quick fix methods um, are really alluring and attractive because you think you can sort of transform. Um, but what happens is there's always a honeymoon phase. Things feel great at first, you know, you're feeling really good about it, but it's hard. Um, it's hard to go from eating one way that you've been used to eating to eating a completely different way. And it also oversimplifies how complicated our relationship with food is, what those foods might mean to you culturally or um, in a religious setting or in a family setting or in a social setting. And so I think it's more sustainable and manageable to think about one somewhat of a stretch goal, you know, you can maybe have up to three things that you try at once. Um, And I would say somewhat of a stretch. So um, when I say that, I mean, it should not set off alarm bells, like it should not feel super overwhelming where all the red flags go off around you. It should feel doable, but like you haven't done it. So maybe it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. And so, for example, let's say you're eating lots of, or you're drinking lots of soda. The idea might not be to go cold turkey, but it might be to have soda every other day instead of every day. So it's something like that, that's a goal that you can achieve and um, also helps you move forward 
and takes off something like in a small and manageable way. The reason this works is because um, once we achieve a goal, it builds up our confidence. We feel like, hey, I just did something really awesome. And it makes you, uh, it sort of sets you in the mindset to then take on something else. Also, you learn a lot by attempting that. So maybe you learn, um, wow, I drink more than one soda a day. I wasn't even aware of that, or I'm not drinking enough water. And as we learn, we problem solve that challenge. And so then we become more able to problem solve other challenges. So it's very, it all works towards getting you healthier and improving your health behaviors, even if you just take one thing. It's so true that we tend to overwhelm ourselves and we want this end goal right now. And it really is baby steps. And those small steps are big accomplishments because it's something we wouldn't have done before. I know for me personally, when I was in high school, I was eating everything in the world, drinking soda. I would eat like an entire calzone as a snack. I love to use food to connect to my emotions and to feed that like empty hole inside of me at that time. But because I went cold turkey on so many things, I created a really bad eating disorder for myself because then I became terrified to eat again. So my body was feeling weak. I wasn't feeling good at all. And yet I couldn't get myself to eat because I was punishing myself for it, for all the times that I ate before. So for people that end up in a situation like that, what advice can you give them while they're starting to realize I'm punishing myself with food and I'm using it to kind of help with my emotions and feed my emotions? So I think it's really important to remember that emotional eating, like eating out of boredom, eating out of stress, eating out of loneliness, that's different from uh, developing an eating disorder. And so for anybody with an eating disorder, I would recommend seeking treatment. There is help out there. You don't have to feel this way and you don't have to struggle alone. So please seek appropriate treatment. For people who have, you know, just typical emotional eating in the sense that it's like when you're stressed or when you're bored, you're reaching to food, I would suggest rounding out your toolkit with other modalities that are going to serve you better in the long run. So there are going to be times that you reach for food in those situations that's normal and totally okay. But what are some other things that you can do as, you know, and I always like to think about individuals and what you like versus what I like. So some examples could be like playing with a puzzle, cuddling with your pet, uh, taking a walk, you know, going for a nature break, just kind of stepping outside and sort of absorbing nature. There are lots and lots of tools that you can fill your toolkit with. The idea is to think about at least three things that you feel will work for you in that situation. And then to find yourself in that situation and say, is, the, is this not gonna help me? Or what would be most helpful to me? And then you might pull from the toolkit uh, of things that help. And remember you guys, if it's 
loneliness, it might be one set of tools. If it's stress, it might be another set of tools. So don't think that every tool applies to every situation. That is so true. A lot of times we kind of group all the tools together and we're like, well, if it worked for stress, then this is going to work for loneliness. If it worked for sadness, it's going to work for happiness. And it's different for everyone and it's different for every emotion. And it's okay to take some time to kind of figure out what works for you. But when people start to make these changes, it can be really hard to advocate for yourself with boundaries, especially when you're with your family members in the holidays and people are watching you and they're making comments. So what are some tips that you have to advocate for yourself? Yeah, I really think it's important to, um, I think, first of all, it's important to remember that family members and loved ones mean well. So when they are, um, you know, unleashing their comments on you, it takes, um, take a moment and remember that they love you and care about you and mean well. On the other hand, their comments are not helpful and they might even be hurtful. So I, but they don't know this. And so they don't know it unless we tell them. And so you're really doing yourself a favor and your loved one a favor by setting some appropriate boundaries. You could say something like, I know you're really trying to be helpful, but that comment makes me feel judged and I don't like it. So can we talk about something else? Or um, I, I know you love me and you mean well, but I don't appreciate it when you talk about my food choices. So can we move on? Or um, rather than talking about my food choices, we can discuss other things that might be helpful instead. Is that something you're interested in? Those are amazing questions and advice to give because I think a lot of times we feel ashamed if we respond or if people start to notice and make comments and we don't know how to advocate for ourselves because it's hard to stand up and say, you know what, this is really important to me that I make these lifestyle changes or I started to change my mindset or change the way I'm eating to make myself feel better. It's hard to say it because people are like, oh, well, you're perfect the way you are. That's a very common family response or don't worry so much about it. And it can be really frustrating when we don't know how to respond. So I think that's amazing advice that's going to help a lot of people. Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today. To learn more about Samantha and receive balanced and mindful eating tips, please connect with her on Instagram at nutritionistsam. Samantha, thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. I I love what you're doing.